Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson no way. Way. No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible! This is ridiculous! This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible Buddha! What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Wrap for round 26 of the NRL. Uh, First of all, I just want to say a big thanks to the Supercoach Spy for filling in for me last week. Yeah, I had, um, I actually went out, had some engagements out there for the local side the uh cq cappers they snuck into the top four of the q cup uh unfortunately they went down this week to burley but they had their last home game so i was out there and i was tied up for the weekend so it was good to have the spy step in and did a great job covering it okay let's have a look at the penultimate round of the nrl and how the scoring went so friday night 32 points to 18, the Eels upset the Panthers. I'm not sure if anyone really saw this coming. I mean, they were resting a lot of players over the last three or four weeks, the Panthers, so they were probably tempting fate a little bit. But even so, this was the Eels' last game. They're about to go on Mad Monday. They didn't really have a lot to play for, but... Yeah, when you saw, it only really came out afterwards how good the Eels' record is against the Panthers. They're the only team, I think, in the NRL over the last three years that have got a winning record. Things like four and two against the Panthers, which is pretty outstanding. And they were just dominant, like they just threw the ball around. I've seen them play a couple of games like that where they offloaded the ball and you sort of wonder why that's not their model just playing that tough footy up the middle and just looking for those offloads because they've got skillful players like Hopgood and uh, Cartwright and, you know, they're going to have Sean Lane and Dylan Brown was really good, I thought. So it might be the way moving forward for the Eels, but their season's over. And uh, the Panthers, well, they've got a few a few issues there. Uh, obviously, Jerome Luai getting injured. Um, that's going to have some repercussions. What it will mean probably from a super coach point of view for the last round is I think they'll try and put their best team out there. So um, they won't muck around now because they won't want to go into the finals on the back of two losses. And that's all the talk that's coming out of Penrith after their loss on Thursday night. So that might be a plus for, for super coaches. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores. Um, Nathan Cleary, solid game, updated well too. So 109. Uh, Liam Martin, 78. Not too much of note other than that. Brian Tyo was a little bit down. There was a bit of talk that he might have been injured. So that'll be an interesting watch as well because there's a few owners out there. He wasn't probably moving as well as he could have been. Uh, Also, 
looking at Sonny Luke, he sort of came through for owners. I mean, there was a lot of people that didn't have a full side because of all the restings and injuries and late withdrawals. Nico, Nico Hines and uh, a few players pulled out late. So 46, so I, I ended up with 16. And then I had Sonny Luke there. And I didn't play him, but he was my auto emergency for my fourth reserve, so which I didn't have. So I was tossing up, should I bring in, you know, like a Reese Walsh or uh, someone? And then when I saw that he up, updated to 46, I didn't worry about it. I thought 46 was a pretty good score. So I took that and saved my last trade for round 27 because I think I'll definitely need it. Uh, for the Eels, Mike Acevo, yeah. Four tries, 154. Gutho, that's a great performance from him, 118. If you had him in Supercoach, he's really giving you value, Gutho. He's just a trier and um, well, obviously got heaps of ability, but, geez, he puts it all out there. Um, Dylan Brown, a bit of a what could have been the season. I think um, the dramas that he had derailed them a little bit. Bryce Cartwright is getting himself back up there as a bona fide a bona fide second row forward. So Dylan Brown got 81, Bryce Cartwright 75, Hopgood 74. Um, Matto a little bit disappointing with a 54. He missed out on that early try that got overturned. Okay, on to the Friday night and the Warriors taking the win, 18 points to six over the Dragons. The Warriors haven't really uh, impressed, I guess, over the last four or five weeks, you know, they've had a softer draw and everyone talked about how they were going to kill it and that type of thing. I really think a lot of it is the conditions over there. I think it is hard sometimes. A few things didn't go their way. I mean, not not in terms of um, decisions. I thought they had a pretty good run with the referees. But I just think, like, you know, that drop ball that Adam Fenua Blake did um, where he didn't put the ball down and then dropped it over the line. They could have been up by a little bit more. But to be honest, the, the Dragons have been really impressive. They finished the season off well. Makes me think that they could possibly be a side that could turn it around really quickly next year. Uh, they've got a premiership winning coach coming along. Uh, they've got a roster that's not that far off it. So, yeah, it makes it. there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for Dragons fans. And in terms of the Warriors, I mean, they got the job done. It wasn't that impressive, but they got the job done. The Metcalf injuries, from an NRL point of view, is a bit of a concern. But, I mean, they do have Tamari Martin sitting in the wings there. He's just come back from injury. He might be a bit ring rusty, but um, I'd imagine that he would just come straight in in the 5'8 position. They've also got Dylan Walker, who could possibly pay it, play it, but I like him in that... Um, bench utility role where he comes on and plays through the middle of the field as a ball player. Charles Nickel Klockstad, nice try, 89 points. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake, 84. Got that try back at the end there. A bit of a gift from Tyrell Sloan. Um, Tohu Harris, 60. That's what you can expect without the sort of try, try assist that he's been getting the last few weeks. I thought Josh Curran was really good, 57. Uh, Sean Johnson, just 50. So he's obviously hampered a little bit. He's still not kicking goals. Um, probably brings us to what do the Warriors do? If you have a look at their position on the ladder, they can still finish third or fourth. So if Melbourne were to beat the Broncos, I think that game's on Thursday night. 
So if they were to beat the Broncos, uh, then there's still a chance the Warriors would have to win their last game to, to finish in third position. Whether that worries them as much, I'm not 100% sure. So because, you know, they're either going to play the Panthers or Broncos, and you can make arguments either way of what game that you would want. I think certainly playing on a dry track like Suncorp, you know, if it, if the weather was good, would definitely suit the Warriors. But, again, they might get Penrith who aren't really going as well as they have been at some stages throughout the year. They might back themselves to try and jag an upset there as well. So, yeah, I think that what Webster will probably do is I don't think he'll – I think he'll – probably play everyone the uh, maybe the exception of sj i mean he could possibly just say look you know you've got a bit of a quad twinge you know you're not kicking goals we'll sit you out um for the weekend but i think he'll probably take everyone over to brisbane yeah i'm not sure whether they'd they'd change their position if the broncos beat melbourne because that then it's essentially a nothing game but I'm not sure how many players that they can fly over and when their New South Wales Cup side's playing or, or where they're at in the competition as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of permutations for the Warriors. Um, and I think just sort of seeing the way Webster's handled it so far this year, I think he'll probably just go in full steam ahead and say, look, we'll play our full team and get them out there and play them. And, and then if there is an upset on that Friday night, he might just pull out Johnson and maybe a Tohu late uh, if he feels that that's necessary. Not many scores um, of note for the Dragons. Of course, Dallin Watini's Lesniak, who looked like he was a great bring, uh, trade-in for everyone, and he has been. Like, he's been good, um, 25, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But again... Sometimes the conditions aren't as conducive to it. The teams are ready for it now, so they've got to start to um, use different options on the shape, which they're doing. Okay, on to the late game Friday night. And, yeah, I thought the Cowboys were pretty impressive. 34 points to 10 uh, against the Dolphins. Jermaine Asako got his usual couple of junk tries at the end, so well done to him. It's a, it's a phenomenal achievement. Like, for someone... To come in in a new team that's in the bottom four and be the top try scorer and the top point scorer, potentially. Uh, I think Dallin Martini's Lesinac's two behind him now and Dom Young got one today, so he's one behind him. So he's in the box seat to get the double. I just think that's phenomenal. He's probably, He'd have to be close to the Dally M winger of the year. I'm not sure how they judge that, but it'll be out of him and... Like if they pick two, it would have to be him and Dallin Watini's Lesniak, I'd reckon, even though players like Dom Young and Greg Marzio have had great years as well. So Osako, 111. Uh, Tabuai Fido, I thought he had a really good game against his old club, 73. Not that much more of note. I mean, Lemuelu, if you still got him, I think most people got rid of him because of the head injury, 61. Uh, and that was about it. Uh Scotty Drinkwater, 124. So for people who captained him, I captained him. I was very happy with that. Um, yeah, he carved up. He looked like he could have gone bigger as well. So at stages there when the Cowboys were just running the cleaners through, 
uh, the Dolphins in the first half. You thought it could continue, but the Dolphins just have this knack, even if they get beaten in a game, they just have this knack of putting together oh, 20 to 25 minutes, even 30 minutes and longer spells of really good footy, and they've done that all year pretty much. Uh, Mary, Murray Talangi, 89. Kyle Feltz, 70. Tommy Dearden, 68. Yeah, not too much there of note. So we'll move on to the next game. Super Saturday. And, well, they didn't get it all their own way, the Storm, but 37 points to 16 winners over the Titans. I thought the Titans fought really hard. Like, it makes a difference when you have Tino back in their side. Um, they're obviously not playing for anything, so it's hard for them to get up going down to Melbourne, you know, 3 o'clock uh, day game on a Saturday is pretty tough slaying there for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, the Storm, I think they'll go all guns blazing on a Thursday night to um, to try and put themselves in the best position. I don't, I don't see them resting any players. I think all of their players will go out there to play and they'll try and build some momentum with a win against the Broncos and try and take that into the first round of the finals. So having a look at a few of the scores from the Titans, um, Brian Kelly, 97, Tino, 85. That's about where he is base-wise, Tino. So you're probably going to have to pay up for him, but he's. I, th- I feel like now he's established himself as the best front row forward in Supercoach moving forward, and I don't think that'll be disputed for a few years. You, you always run the risk of him with suspensions because he plays on the edge a little bit, but he definitely has, alongside AFB, he has the best try-scoring potential of front row forwards, I, I feel. Um. Chris Randall's been a sneaky one. He's 75 there. He's been good at hooker, playing a sort of a lightweight lock role there. They seem to have gone away from uh, the other lad who was playing off the bench. I just can't think of his name at the moment. But, yeah, and they've gone towards Randall, and he's been playing some pretty good footy. Uh, Brimson, 69. Yeah, not too much else there for the Titans. Uh, Xavier Coates has really hit some form, 89. Uh, Cam Munster, 87. Good to see him have a hit back. Eli Katoa, he's just come back from that injury. He seemed to be out for a fair while, but when he come back from the injury, him and Jerome Hughes have really hit it off. Obviously now Jerome Hughes, another great game from him, 82 super coach points, but the big question mark over his fitness. So I think it might be a hamstring strain there. So that's really unfortunate for owners, but I would say... He probably won't play against the Broncos, so uh, I, I'm not. I'm just basing that on how he finished the game. I haven't seen any reports, but it seemed to be going real well. Nick Meaney, 75. Harry Grant, 70. Yeah, there was a there was a stage there where the commentators were saying Harry Grant's gone. He's not going to keep playing, but he is one tough human. So he's done. He did really well to get through that game, and for super coaches to get a 70, yeah. Great effort. So, yeah, I guess it's just a wait and see on Jerome Hughes. Well done to those people who got Ellie Katoa. He's been a a great trade in there. And uh, we'll see what happens next week. Okay, on to the second game on the Saturday. 
32 points to eight winners, the Roosters over the Tigers. It was eight points all for a lot of the first half and a try right on halftime. There was like a silly penalty, I think, they gave away the Tigers. Up until then, they were really competing well with the Roosters. But in fairness, like if you look at the game, the Roosters, they're they're a little bit self-destructive in terms of their discipline. You sort of wonder what's going through some of their senior players' heads at some times, like... I think it was last year or the year before I saw the Roosters just basically throw away a final spot when they played against South Sydney and and Victor Radley and Jared Weir Hargraves just lost the plot. You know, you work a whole season and then you just, you know, just lose your head like that. I just, I, it's it's hard to imagine. Like I've, I've been out on a footy field and, I know, like the competitive streak and how it gets physical and it's super physical and stuff like that, and I've certainly not played at that level, so I can't sort of imagine what it's like there. But um, it does seem to stand out that those players are consistently doing it in big, meaningful games. And the one that was so weird about um, Jared Wahira Hargraves hit on the weekend on Appy Coruscant is the game was over. Like, Like they led by about three converted tries and... He goes in late, hits him high, um, and after he kicks the ball, it was just stupid. And then, and then in the ensuing sort of melee, you know, he he throws a headbutt. So I, I haven't seen how much time he's up for, but I just sort of like wonder, you know, a player of his experience and calibre, you know, you feel like they they should be better than that. They should um, be able to have that self control. And I think that's why I can't really see, even if the Roosters were able to sneak in, and I haven't done all the mathematics on it, but I, I think it looks unlikely. But even if they were to sneak into the eight, um, I don't think, I'm not sure that they'd go much further because I don't think they have the discipline, to be honest. And um, they test the refs a lot. So you'd have to get a ref that was prepared to give them a little bit of latitude and. Yeah, I think they've got a bit of a reputation. So, anyway, they got the win, 32 points to eight, and in the end it was fairly convincing, even though Joey Manu went off injured, which was a huge blow for most super coach owners because a lot of people captained him. Um, I was disappointed, obviously, because he was in my side, but in the same breath I was happy that he wasn't a player or captain because uh, that could really cruel you. Uh, having a look at a few of their scores, Joey Swali. He really benefited from going back to fullback, showed his class, 128 supercoach points. Brandon Smith had a really strong finish to the season, 90. He's come back really fit, stripped a lot of weight, um, and looks like a hooker now. Like Whereas before you always were thinking, oh, is he a lock, is he a hooker? I think he's lighter now, so you know it probably hurts his running game in terms of being able to barrel people over, but it's certainly helping his game of, of playing more minutes at hooker. Uh, Sam Walker was impressive, you know. He he gave him a little bit of X factor there, seventy one, and that's about it for for the Roosters. Not much to talk about for the Tigers. I had Johnny Bateman and uh, Isaiah Papali, sixty three and fifty respectively. Nothing to write home about, but um, you know, help help me post a decent score. You know, before the last update, so I'm, I'm up around. Uh, 1,290, so I'm pretty happy with that. I should should make up a few spots uh, 
in the run home with, um, you know, sides starting to fall away a little bit. Guys and girls, uh, a lot of people sitting there listening to me talk about reaching out and getting rid of help from the Sequel team for potential punting problems that you may be having, may not be. Uh, I reckon you'd be sitting there and sort of saying there's definitely a stigma around punters and it being a bad thing, maybe a sign of weakness, anything like that. I think that's an absolute joke. There are so many people out there that are struggling with their punting and other areas of life, and there's a bit of a tendency to avoid reaching out and getting help because they think it's a sign of weakness. I think it's the complete opposite. The reality is that everyone in life has some troubles from time to time with all different facets. So if punting is one of those things for you, I think one of the bravest things people can do is to take that step, reach out, get help, change their lives. So you know, I talk about it most weeks, but it is an important one, and... There is help available with Gareth and his team at Sequel. So, guys, don't hesitate. Make the step. Even if you're just battling a little bit and you don't find yourself being a – consider yourself a problem gambler, you're just doing it a little bit tough and struggling with controlling it a, a little bit, reach out to the team. You can email them on gareth.w at sequel.org.au. That is Sequel, C-E-C-A-L. You can phone them on 02 4013 Probably the easiest of the lot, Instagram. Click them a direct message at Sequel gambling that is completely free it is confidential gallus a legend it's a great team so guys make the call click the message change your life okay the broncos taking on the raiders this was a cracking game uh 29 points to 18 and there was a few calls in this game i think most people who've seen it would know what i'm talking about but i felt like the raiders were pretty harshly done boy you know, if you're a Raiders fan, you can feel aggrieved. I've seen some games where they've had calls go their way, some games where the calls go against them, but certainly in this game, they had some rough calls there, like the escort penalty on Hudson Young off the dropout. I mean, yeah, like I'm not even sure why someone steps in and tells the referee to give that penalty. It might have been the touchy or something. Then they challenge it, and like, I thought they were going to use common sense and say, oh, it's incidental contact because even though he does go towards him, like the contact is so minor, you know, you, you could just say it's incidental contact, but they did it by the letter of the law and, yeah, Ricky Ricky blew up about that. I, I, I even – it didn't get much air time, but I, I actually thought it was pretty harsh that Jordan Ruppin, I got 10 in the sin bin for a trip. I reckon I've seen about six trips this year and – I've not seen any of them sent to the Symbian. Maybe that was pretty blatantly worse than any other one. but And I think they said something like he kicked out of them. So maybe that was the thing. But did the contact just just seem really minimal? And, yeah, that, that, that changed the game a little bit. Like the Bronx weren't, were by no means dominating the game. And then after that, they came out and uh, Reese Walsh put on a bit of a show. But yeah, it'd be tough, tough for the the Raiders. But I mean, you you're gonna get games like that, and um, I think if they're good enough, they beat the Sharks next week. I think you know, like if you're hanging your season on that, then you know maybe you probably weren't good enough to make it anyway. And it's easy for me to say that because I'm not a Shark, uh, sorry, a Raiders fan. But you know, I just look at their for and against of like negative 120. And it's not based on for and against. It's on what what games you win and lose. But I reckon it's a fair indicator of how your side's going for and against. And the Raiders, for me, have been a little bit pretenders for the whole year. And um, I think 
they'll play the Sharks at Shark Park and and that'll be the end of the season for them. Okay, moving on to the next game. In terms of the Broncos, uh, obviously they're not going to rest any players. That you know they've got. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't even go through the scores on that one. Um, I will go through the scores there, but in terms of the Broncos, they're not going to rest any players. I don't think, unless there's injury issues. Obviously, Reynolds been out. They've won a couple of games with him out. Um, Paddy Carrigan was a late out, which is a big out for them. The way that they work around the their forwards in the ruck and he gets a lot of roll on for them. So that can't be underestimated, but not 100% sure how long he's out for because I think that was like a training mishap that happened um, maybe the day before the game in the captain's run or something like that. So definitely worth keeping an ear out for that because that could affect the Broncos' well ability to win that game against Melbourne, but also, um, you know, like some of the super coach scoring as well. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the school scores from that uh, Raiders-Broncos game. The Raiders don't have too many players that are relevant to Supercoach. We'll just probably look at Joey Tappanay and Corey Horsburgh. Uh Joey Tappanay, 55, not his best game, um, but he's been pumping out a few scores around that. Corey Horsburgh, 56. I did read somewhere that he got charged for three weeks for a shoulder charge, so his season could be over unless he, they decide to challenge it. Uh, for the Bronx, Reese Walsh, oh, he's such an exciting player to watch. Um, he's just going to be one of those players where people either love him or they just want to see him cut down because, you know, in Australia with the tall poppy syndrome. But, like, I think I just love the way he plays. You know, he he shows heaps of emotion. Like, you can always see what's going on with the way he carries on on the field. And um, he's so explosive. Like, it's just... Like, his movements are so explosive that, um, in my mind, Ponga is the best fullback in the game at the moment, but Reese Walsh is definitely exciting to watch. 141 supercoach points, put on a bit of a clinic. Selwyn Cobbo, 118 with three tries. Uh, Payne Haas, 62. That's respectable. Not too much more of note there, I don't think. Okay, let's go on to the Sunday games. Uh, This was a bit of a... Scoring fest, 42 points to 24. The Seagulls beating the Bulldogs. Both teams didn't have a lot to play for with their season over. So they went around and, you know, threw the ball around and it made for some pretty good viewing. Um, For the Bulldogs, Blake Wilson looks like a player to keep an eye on for the future. He's going to end the season around what price? Oh, so he'll probably go up a bit from today. He'll probably end up around 420, 430. So he's a player, if you could see the Bulldogs really starting the year well, you might look at bringing him in. Uh, Jake Avarillo, he got 98 today. Um, Jake Avarillo, 64 um, with the try. He He does seem to rely on those attacking stats a bit. I'm interested to see the way the Dolphins play him next year. So he's a player to watch there. Not much else. Um... Supercoach-wise, Reed Marnie's fallen off a cliff a little bit, so we'll see what he he puts out next year. And, yeah, you wouldn't be gravitating to too many of those Bulldogs players until you actually see it with your own eyes next year. Uh, DCE, cracking game, 136 Supercoach points. Tolu Kola playing at fullback looked 
I know it was the Bulldogs, but he just looked dynamic and it gave him a chance to showcase his speed out the back when he got outside of players. And he's got decent ball playing ability. So if they were looking at making a change there to Tommy Trebojevic, um could possibly could they possibly put Garrick and Trebojevic in the centres and then like have two strike centres and then Cooler at fullback? I mean Stranger things have happened. Uh, 124 points today for Cooler. Toff Sipley, he's playing awesome footy. He's making some clean breaks. Just been busting them up lately. Uh, 96 points. Uh, Ola Kawatu, good try. 87 points. And that's about it. There's not too much of note there for the Seagulls and the Bulldogs. Um, who have they got next week? Just having a look forward. So the Bulldogs play the Titans. That'll be another Who Cares Cup um, on Sunday at 2 o'clock. And Manly play the West Tigers. So, yeah, they're probably two games I won't be doing reviews on next week. So uh, if you want to know what happened, you might have to watch the highlights yourself because neither of those games hold much value. Maybe a little bit of super coach value there if you've got some players in those teams. In saying that, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you do have trades left, like a DCE or a cooler, um, yeah, they they could certainly be handy in the last round. Okay, last match of the round. This was a pretty good game. I can't believe the score just looking at it now because it comes straight from that game. 32 points to six, the Knights beating the Sharks. And um, I didn't actually have a look. This is the first time I've looked at the Supercoach points from it, but 126 super coach points for Kalen Ponga. Uh, I think I sent out a tweet or just like a message in one of the chats just saying I, 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 I'm, I'm of the firm belief that Kalen Ponga is the best player in the game right now, which is phenomenal given where he came from at the start of the year. So I think it'd be fair to say that the experiment of him playing 5-8 you know, didn't go to plan, didn't, you know, with the head knocks, uh, you know, put his career at jeopardy. But he's taken some big hits and he took another one today. Admittedly, it wasn't direct to the head. It wasn't a penalty or anything like that. But even the whiplash of it, and he just, he got up and worked it out. Hopefully his shoulder's all right. It might have caused a bit of an AC injury because when your shoulder, when you get those um, massive hits, you know, it can jam your shoulder up. Um, so which is generally an AC injury, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, he might be able to play through it or have one week off and then come back for the finals. Uh, 126 points, like I said. Um, Clune was outstanding as well, 108 points. I don't know what happened happened to him next year because he's off contract, but the way he's playing, there'd be some teams out there going, I'll pick him up. You know, you might get him for 150, 200,000 if he doesn't go to Super League. He'd be a great backup halfback. Uh, Bradman Best, 89. Dom Young, 83. Gagai, just another cracking game from him, 81. Keat continues to put scores out, and he's really piqued my interest as a bloke that I might just start with and just set and forget in the center wing position because even though you're paying up for him, you just know he's going to produce for you. Uh, Greg Marzu, 76, uh, with that great try at the end. And having a look at the Sharks, uh, McKinnon, 69, worked pretty hard. Britton Nicker, a bit unlucky there, 55. He did 
get over for a try but didn't get the ball down. So that was unfortunate and not too much more of note in that game. Just having a look at the Supercoach overall standings, uh, going into the weekend, it's pretty interesting actually. Like There's seven players that were within 250 of the first position. So Wolfpack on 31,075. You go right down to number seventh position there, Numnuts, 30,842. Depending on how the top couple went, this could be a really close race for the overall Supercoach champion. I just want to um, wish all those guys the best. Uh, So they'd be very nervous. They probably wouldn't be getting a lot of sleep playing for that 50 grand and all those people that are up there around the top 10 playing for those cash prizes and and KFC vouchers. Also want to thank uh, you, the listeners, all the all the crew out there that tap into the SC Playbook Network for really um, getting on board with the weekly wrap and, and giving it your support. And, you know, I do get your feedback and get some messages through from people and they're always very positive. So I do appreciate it. I mean, when Timmy and I spoke about doing this podcast because obviously now he's in the studio in uh, bloke in the bar studio so i can't go on the um the weekly podcast anymore uh we didn't know how it was going to go we're just going to put it out there and see what um the appetite was for it so hopefully it'll be uh up and going next year the reason i'm saying this is i'm not sure too many people will be interested in listening to a wrap of the last round now that the grand the grand finals are over um Hopefully that we've got a few grand final winners from Supercoach listening in. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks to the major sponsor of the program, Seekle, Gareth uh, White and his crew at Seekle. Uh, it's a really good organisation and, and what they're doing is really good stuff. And, um, yeah, thanks a heap for getting behind the program. Thanks to Timmy Williams and the SC Playbook crew. And uh, I'll catch you next year.